Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. We're speaking with Dr. Roberta Shaler today. As a relationship consultant, speaker, and author, Dr. Roberta Shaler, the relationship help doctor, provides urgent and ongoing care for individuals, couples, companies, and even the United States Marines. She works with the partners, exes, adult children, and co-workers of chronically difficult people. She calls them hijackals. We're going to find out from her what this means. Dr. Shaler offers the insights, strategies, and support you need to reclaim hope, confidence, and your sanity when dealing with the constant uncertainty and jaw-dropping behaviors of hijackals in your life at home and at work. She is the author of 16 books, which blows my mind. You can learn more on her website, and also please subscribe to our newsletter. It's at forrelationshiphelp.com and also hijackals.com. Welcome, Dr. Shaler. Oh, thank you, Michelle. I'm excited to be here and talk to you about these important things. Absolutely. I want to dive right in and, and have you share with us what originally drew you to this field, this fascinating field. Well, in general, I've, I've been a helper all my life. Um, I've always been interested. I started out to become a medical doctor and I got pregnant with my first child and decided that I wasn't going to put her through medical school with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I shifted into psychology. And what drew me to this particular field is the more that I worked with um, things in general and helping people with their emotional health and their relationships was that the... the, the the lack of support for someone who found themselves in a relationship that was crazy making and they couldn't figure it out and they didn't know how to reach out. You know, as we go along, you'll find out that hijackals cull their prey from the herd. So you get kind of marginalized. And I realized these people really needed help. And so it's more of a calling than a career because I understand this field, and, and as we go on, you'll see why. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, let's talk about hijackals. I'm sure everyone's curious as to what that term means. And, and you trademarked it, right? I sure did, yes. Um, I, I'm really interested in writing to, to the non-clinical public. So you'll find that I don't use words that other people might use that are often bandied around like narcissist or sociopath or borderline or histrionic or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those labels are really, they're, they're useful uh, in a psychological setting or in a forensic setting, but I'm much more concerned with helping the average person understand in non-clinical terms what those behaviors are. So I call them hijackal behaviors. And that's why I, that's why I created the term and trademarked it. And what does it mean? What is, what is the definition of a hijackal? Hijackals are people who hijack relationships for their own purposes while relentlessly scavenging them for power, status, and control. <laughs> and, you know, I find, I know you said you purposely created this term, which I love, by the way. It's great um, for the non-clinical public. But it's funny how many people use the term Oh, he's such a narcissist. They use it so casually. 
That's that's exactly my point, Michelle. These are not casual terms, and most people don't really know what they're talking about. You know, I've written about, is a person a narcissist or just simply self-centered? There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And yet, when somebody doesn't want to do what you want them to do, and they always want to do what they want to do, then all of a sudden they're a narcissist. Not true. Interesting. Not true. Well, I want to get into that in a little bit. But before we do, I'm curious about what the typical traits are, um, why you created this term hijackles, and what all the pool of traits maybe across all of these different personality disorders are, and what we should be looking for. Okay, well, I'll give you a few because there are many. The first one is that a hijackle, and we have a great example right now in the political arena, a hijackle <laughs> Say no more. is a person who has to win in the moment. And that can mean I say one thing to win right now, and I say another thing to win an hour from now. And if you ask me about the previous hour, I will deny that I said that, or I will say you misheard. (laughs) Sound familiar? Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yes, so having to win in the moment. Let me just say something about hijackles. We have to have some compassion for them. And I created a concept called inclusive compassion. Um, so I, I, I want to encourage people to have com- inclusive compassion. Uh, and I'll, I'll say something about that. The our, We're a culture. Our culture, our upbringing, everything leans us towards take good care of other people. People need help. Uh, be of service, uh, let your heart go out, give money. We even have some strange strange sayings in our culture, give until it hurts. Mm. And so we have this one-sided view of compassion. It's all outgo. And I believe in c- inclusive compassion. You have to include yourself in the compassion. Wow. So when you're dealing with... When you find yourself with a hijackle, it's very difficult sometimes to find that compassion and that inclusive compassion particularly. So I want people to find the compassion but not condone or enable the behaviors. I love that you said that, Dr. Shaler, because um, I've been through situations with hijackles uh, for sure. And I was mad at myself for allowing uh, myself to get pulled into the whole crazy making and and playing into it, right? And so I think what you just said about inclusive compassion, um, forgiving myself for that and including having compassion on myself as well. Okay, let me say something about that, Michelle, to really take that off your plate. It is very, very difficult, unless you've read my books and you're all on top of it. (laughs) It is very, very difficult to not be seduced, exploited, or manipulated by a hijackle initially. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we're set up for it. And uh, we didn't set out to be that way, but we're set up for it by our earlier life. So let's not beat ourselves up if we find ourselves with a hijackal. Let's get ourselves in a better situation, understanding it, learning new strategies for how to deal with it. Try them out. If they don't work, then you can make a better decision about the relationship. Mm-hmm. So who are the people then? Um, who am I that I attracted this? Well, somewhere in your life, you did not make an individuation that was complete we're we're born having to be people pleasers 
you know, we're we're not like cows and horses. We don't get spit out of our mothers, licked off, and then we leap up and run around the meadow. <laughs> we know that we need to keep those giants happy because we can't move and we need food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we're Very all, dependent. Yeah, we're all inherently people pleasers in the early stages of our life. And then we have a few times, usually around two or three, and again, 12 to 14, and again at 18, when we we have various times of strong individuation. Mm-hmm. And if we don't individuate strongly during those times, and, and our parents don't want us to, uh, because that's tough, you know. Well, sure. Um, you know, it's that whole thing about not wanting to let go. You know. Well, it's not just letting go. It's like, who do you think you are, young lady? Oh, right. You're not an adult. <laughs> That's you right. don't know like I know. So if we don't have that individuation opportunity or it's not easy for us, then we'll continue to be people pleasers. So um, hijackals, uh, I've just coined another term for them that we need in, in talking about them and talking about ourselves is we need Hadar and they have Hadar. Now, we need Hadar to be able to have radar for hi- for hijackals because if we don't, uh, we don't have any, any defenses against this when it first happens. And then we find ourselves deeply in relationship with someone who was the ideal, most wonderful person who could read me like a book and knew me inside out and all the things we have to say. Well, yeah, they can because they're chameleons. They will be exactly who you want. And, <laughs> Absolutely. I've had people say to me, I never, ever go shopping, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm going shopping with you. Wow, look at what you do to me. Exactly, and you think, oh, it's I'm so special. Yeah, it's wonderful. So, <laughs> so we have these, these um, quiet or quite overt people-pleasing behaviors, and, and hijackers see them, and they go, oh. There's a live one. It's interesting because, um, you know, a lot of people I know, they're actually very strong, independent people, um, but they do have that soft uh, underbelly. Well, yes, and you can be the most successful person in the world, and only you know where your weak spots are. And you, you, they may not be out there in the world all the time, but in your interpersonal relationship, they will show up. And so a hijackal understands and can smell hijackal bait and if you are hijackal bait you can buy it organically through your life and I can help you stop that many of the times uh, my clients who are all over the world Michelle because I have a wonderful large practice because it's so specialized and they'll have I'll help them out of a relationship but then we have to do the work to absolutely reduce their recognition as hijackal bait so they won't go out and do it again many times I'll have someone come to me in my practice and they will have been with two or three hijackals mm. in major long-term relationships and they say how did this happen again I said well you still haven't done the work to not be hijackal bait interesting I want to get some examples. I'm dying for you to share some situations of this type of dynamic, right? So between the hijackle and the bait, the crazy making that goes on. Okay, well, first of all, as I said, uh, hijackle is a absolutely amazing chameleon. Uh, the second thing is that they, the way they catch you is that they don't have a lot of 
affect. They're, they're not empathetic. They don't get your feelings. In fact, they don't care about your feelings very much. Now, let me put a caveat in here. I separate hijackals in, in a zero to ten. Zero is you're not a hijackal at all. From one to ten is different levels of extremity and how frequently the behavior shows up. Hmm. So, um, How they, is that determined? Well, it's determined on an individual case because as I talk to people, you know, if, if it's become a pattern that is so entrenched and you can, you can see it happening like weekly or biweekly, uh, and you've got into a cycle, that's a whole different matter than it only shows up sometimes when their back is really to the wall or there's an extreme circumstance. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as I said, you're not set out, you don't set out to attract them, but you're set up for it in your life. And they have to win and they don't have empathy. So what they are is the world's best mimics. What they have learned by watching and watching, how do you make this happen? How do you, how do you look empathetic? What do you say? Uh, what does love look like, feel like? How do I mimic that? Wow. Yeah. And, and the, you know, and I know, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but this just brought up a whole bunch of scenarios, uh, memories of situations where I didn't feel truly connected. I didn't really feel emotionally connected connected but they were going through the motions of oh this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing and you know rubbing your back and and patting you and this and that but I really didn't feel the true empathetic kind of feeling that you would feel when someone is really consoling you yeah exactly and then if you bring it up they say but I'm rubbing your back obviously I care Mm -hmm. and you've got to have your gut involved just like you said Michelle you know oh I need to listen to what my body is telling me. I didn't get I didn't get the feeling of being taken care of, but the noises and the action were somehow appropriate. Mm-hmm. To that. Wow, that mimicry is scary. Oh, it is. It's very very scary. Right. So as the bait, you need to be more aware. You have to have your hadar turned on. Hadar. <laughs> I love that term. So I want some more examples of uh, what might happen. You said they're chameleons, that they mimic actions, they mimic empathy. They don't actually have any empathy for you. What else? Well, it you know, it, it's, it's really broad because there's so many different ways that it shows up. But, you know, maybe, um, maybe someone... Um, is engaged in what I call all or nothing or black and white thinking. So you know, you're going along and your relationship is the best he or she has ever had. You're wonderful. I had no idea I could be this ecstatic and in love. And you are the best thing since sliced bread. And then you do something that they don't like and they're, I don't know why anyone would spend their time with you. You are the scum of the earth. Wow. So they'll just switch. It's like flipping a switch. It is. It's a 180 switch. And you've got to be really wise to that one when it happens. Because when it happens, you're hit emotionally. And your brain doesn't seem to kick in as well as it ought to. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I just had the rug pulled out from under me. I thought everything was perfect. And now it's awful. How did that happen? What did I do? Because remember, a hijackal bait is a person who wants to please, so they take on the blame for what just happened. What did I do? What did I say? Oh, I should never have done that. Mm -hmm. We're not looking at the other person to say, that's outrageous. 
<laughs> yeah, and in some cases, though, too, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, it's the hijackal who acts like the victim. Right. Oh, you hurt me so bad. And then they make you look like you're a terrible person. Well, at least they make you feel like you're a terrible person. Mm. Because how could you? You know, I tell a little story in, in my ebook series, Escaping the Hijackal Trap. I was dating a guy and I recognized it. He was passive aggressive. I saw that and I, oh, I was making a major move in my life and blah, blah, blah. I had all kinds of excuses. So at one point, <laughs> at one point he turned on the tears and he said, I never expected that from you. Uh-huh. At that moment, the red flag went up and the rose-colored glasses came off and I thought, uh-uh, Buckwheat, this is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. I've been there myself where it's like, all I have is you. There is no one else. How could you do this to me? Yeah, I know. How could how could I possibly be so wise? (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious. Uh, We're talking about the bait of hijackals. I'm wondering, are there some hijackals who are attracted to other hijackals? And, you know, I'm thinking about the movie The War of the Roses, (laughs) kind of like that. Well, it's a strange and infrequent situation because they have to win. So if you take something like Bonnie and Clyde or something like that, where you both get on the same side to scam the world, Mm -hmm. then yes. But they, they fight terribly. You know, they, they, they have a very tumultuous relationship, and it often doesn't last very long. So that's, that's the thing about they just need to win. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they always it, everything is always going to be your fault, and you're even going to buy it because they make it sound so reasonable. <laughs> Absolutely, they do. They're very good at twisting, twisting things and spinning things. Yes, I, I wrote a book called Wrestling Rhinos: Conquering Conflict in the Wilds of Work. And it's all all the different communication and conflict management, negotiation skills, and everything for work, written in a very very conversational way. Then each chapter begins with a different attribute of a rhino. And I don't know if you know this or not, but rhinoceri can turn on a dime. They're very fast. Mm. (laughs) I didn't know that. And so can hijackles. (laughs) Oh, boy. I just got the visual, you know, (laughs) like I saw the rhino, but with the face of someone I know who's a hijackal. (laughs) That's amazing. So give us an example of a hijackal at work. Oh, well, let me talk about two kinds of hijackals at work. First of all, there is the entrepreneurial hijackal. They often, often own the company or start the company or or, uh, get promoted because everybody tries to get rid of them on the way up and they incidentally end up near the top. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Well, nobody wants to deal with them, right? So they just leave. They don't want to get involved, so they just let them do their thing. They let them do their thing or they promote them laterally or or vertically out of their arena and pretty soon you find them that they're in an untenable place because people can't don't seem to want to get rid of them because they've been around so long and now they're running a department or running something. Wow. So scary. So, yeah, and the, the, most hijackals are very bright. And let me say this before we go one minute further. These people are not sitting up at night figuring out how to do this so much. Some of them are, a few a 
few special kinds of hijackals are. But generally, this is the only way they know to behave. They're just doing what they know. Hmm. So they're not, you know, there are a few criminally intentioned ones that, you know, are, are a little bit different, you know, Unabomber. <laughs> so, right. But, but basically, they're just running as fast as they can to protect themselves. If, if I were to give you a visual, think of, think of two fences continuously moving in opposition to each other in front of somebody. And call one fence offense and the other one defense. And they're never they never open so that that somebody could get something through, right? Mm-hmm. And so they run offense and defense all the time because they know that they are so fragile. Their ego is so fragile that they would shatter if anything got through. And that's why they're always in blame mode. That's why it's always your fault. That's why they always have to win because these poor souls are tortured. It's hard to feel bad for them. I know it's very hard to feel bad for them. But remember, inclusive compassion. You can include them in your compassion, but include yourself too. Right. So so the example at work, somebody who's, um, you know, kind of, I don't know, do they sabotage other people by taking credit for their work and such? Absolutely, they'll do that. Um, they will have 10,000 excuses why they can't do what they said they would do. And if they don't have an excuse, the excuse will be, you never told me, or I didn't get the memo. Mm. You know, it, it. remember, they always have to win and they're always going to blame. So I have an interesting situation, and you can help me understand it, I hope, is uh, this idea of delaying doing something. They they agree to do something like this is really important to me. I need you to do this. And then they just don't do it for a long time (laughs) or at all. Yeah. Well, that starts with passive aggressive behaviors and moves on into hijackal behaviors. Procrastination is one of the keynotes of passive aggressive people Mm. and people with passive aggressive behaviors. Uh, Before I wrote escaping the hijackal trap and that's an ongoing series so only volume one is out and it's called the truth about hijackals and why they're crazy making it's on amazon uh but last october i wrote the hijackal trap passive aggressive edition so if you think you might have uh, people in your life who fall into the passive aggressive or the full-blown hijackal i really invite you to read those because it will shine the light on it so clearly that you can't miss it but yeah that's the way they behave they procrastinate they say yes when you ask for something and then when you you look for the follow-through they'll say it was outrageous of you to ask me you know i have don't have time for that kind of thing right Mm -hmm. so it's procrastination but then it's blame yeah or they changed their mind yeah and i have that prerogative right Right. <laughs> it's it really is crazy making. It is. Because it's it's so frustrating. And when you try to point out that it's hurtful and hey, I really, you know, we talked about this. I thought you said that you were going to do this uh, for us. And it's it's crazy because they say I never said that. I would never say that. Yeah, or they say, "Uh, where did you make that up?" Mm-hmm. Or, or that's just how you heard it. I never said that. You're exactly right, Michelle. I mean, they're not going to have any flies on them, no matter what. Mm-hmm. 
This is fascinating stuff. Everybody, I want to take a quick break for a word from this episode's sponsor, Audible. For you, the listeners of Nothing Off Limits, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service, which I love. I have a ton of audiobooks in my library on my iPhone, and I listen to them regularly. And in the spirit of dealing with Difficult People Week on Nothing Off Limits, I'd like to personally recommend a book that I think fits in and ties in very, very well. It's called Who's Pulling Your Strings? How to Break the Cycle of Manipulation and Regain Control of Your Life, written by Harriet Breaker. The publisher's summary says, millions of people, both men and women, can become involved in relationships with manipulators, people who control through emotional manipulation, insults, and mind games. These toxic relationships erode self-esteem and make life miserable for the victim. I have definitely been through this. I'm sure a lot of you out there listening have as well. They go on to say, whether the manipulator is a relative, a spouse, romantic partner, a boss, co-worker, subordinate, or even a trusted friend, Dr. Harriet Breaker, best-selling author of The Disease to Please, shows you how to break this damaging cycle for good. Who's Pulling Your Strings will help you end a current destructive relationship, understand how it occurred, and prevent you from ever getting involved in a manipulative relationship again. Dr. Breaker empowers you to recognize the signs of a manipulative relationship, spot manipulators, and their typical ways of operating. Assess your own vulnerability to manipulation. Identify the seven main head games manipulators play. Utilize effective resistance tactics against manipulators' efforts. Transform yourself from a soft to a hardened target. Extricate yourself from a manipulative relationship that does not change. Protect yourself from falling prey to manipulators' control in the future. And stop others pulling your strings once and for all. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash NOL. Again, audibletrial.com slash NOL for your free audiobook. Back to the show. So it's interesting to me, you said a lot of times hijackals don't do it purposefully. Like it just kind of, it's part of their nature to be on both offense and defense at all times to protect their fragile egos. Where does this come from originally? Is it because of the way they were raised? Is it a genetic predisposition or what? Well, one in 25 has a genetic predisposition. Um, And that doesn't mean that one in 25 is going to be a hijackal. It means they have the predisposition. Mm -hmm. It requires an environment, traumatic uh, traumatic events in their young environment. And traumatic to them, not necessarily traumatic to anybody else. Mm, Okay. Right. Okay. So that means then that if there are several children in a family, that one child might be more adversely affected. They're both predisposed because it's in the genes, but one may turn out to be what's considered norm, the norm. Mm -hmm. And one may be displaying extreme hijackal behavior, right? Or even, or even semi extreme, Mm -hmm. because it only shows up when their back is to the wall. Uh But that's why. That's so, why. so how are they so charming? And how, how do they win people over? Because I've been in situations where I have known with my gut that I did not want to date someone. And then they would win me over, over a period of time. How did that happen? 
I consider myself a smart woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm sure you are. However, hijackle needs to win, so you became a challenge. Mm. So I'm going to turn up my charm. I'm going to turn up my seductiveness. I'm going to I'm going to be more persistent because, of course, I have to win. So I've set my sights on you, and I will find a way. And eventually, you will give in, and you will say, "Oh, you know, why was I resist?" Aha! Uh-huh. So they'll play the long game then. Oh, it's the long con all the way. Wow. So they'll stick around um, someone for years and years and years, thinking that at some point they'll get that person? Well, they may. um, But remember, there's not just you in the equation. They probably have a couple of others. Okay. So, you know, if they can get one who's going to adore them and take all that they're handing out and buy all that they're selling, uh, they may drift over there for a while, but you'll still be on their hadar. <laughs> okay, there's still that over one there I didn't win. Mm, wonder mm-hmm. what I can do. So they'll keep you guessing, they'll keep you on the line. You know, these are the people that are married that they, they come back to you and they say, you know, I was just thinking about the other day what we had. Uh, <laughs> I have had that too. Uh-huh. Of course. Um, it's scary when they come back around. Well, it should be. <laughs> yeah. Not always. Yeah, some people are flattered by it. That's right. Yeah, especially if they're not aware of the fact that they're bait. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You see, if, if you don't understand that you have some codependence and, and you don't understand that you... You are um, you are bait in so many ways. Then mm-hmm. you will be flattered. This will be like, oh, can't believe he remembered me after all this time. Mm-hmm. So, what are some strategies to deal with not only that kind of situation of someone coming back around who you successfully created distance with, but also maybe someone that you're currently in a relationship with, either at home or at work. Well, first of all, you have to wake up and smell the herbal tea, you know. Um, This is not good, and I'm in it. And then you can use a strategy which, first of all, know who you are. When somebody comes to me and they say, I'm with this person and all, and should I leave him? I say, no. Should I leave her? No. Uh, Get all the juice you can out of the relationship first. This is just an aside to your question, Michelle, but... Because you have been hijackled bait, learn all you can while you're in the relationship. Learn new strategies. Learn who you are. Learn what your values are. Learn how you express them every day. Learn what you're putting up with. Learn what you have to do to set, maintain good boundaries. All of that. Learn it while you're in the relationship. Practice it with a hijackle. Oh, that's tough. Because uh, for me, it was about learning what my true hot buttons were. Right. You know, and it was and I knew when my buttons were being pushed and it was still difficult for me to to remain completely in control of my reaction to my button being pushed. Yes. So this is learning about yourself, you see, and this is why it's so valuable. That's why when when someone comes to work with me, I say, you know, let's not make a, a hasty decision here about what to do. Let's find out who you are first. Let's try out all these things, see if there can be change in the relationship. There will be change in you. And when we get to the place where you are much wiser and stronger, then let's make a decision about the relationship. So then is it about not reacting in such a... So 
if a hijackal does something to push your buttons, they know something is a soft spot for you and they push that button purposefully, for you to not react, then they'll stop? No, they won't stop, but they will slowly extinguish or look for other behaviors to try. Mm. If they can't get a rise out of you about the usual stuff, then you've got a little window of opportunity, right? If um, In Kaizen for Couples, when I wrote that book, um, you know, Kaizen means small incremental improvements. It's a Japanese word, K-A-I-Z-E-N. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in there, I gave the greatest... The second most important thing I can teach anybody, in my opinion, and that is to be able to deliver what I call a personal weather report, to learn to communicate in a way that is just talking about where you're at, what you think, feel, need, and want, absolutely devoid of the word you. (laughs) Uh So that you get in touch with you, and that's the work I do with my clients while they're getting the juice out of the relationship. To learn to be able to say, right now I'm feeling disrespected. You know, to become aware of it in the moment. Mm -hmm. And to be able to say, I feel disrespected right now. Instead of, who do you think you are to talk to me like that? Right. Um, I have employed that technique. (laughs) (laughs) And I was not heard. I was dismissed. So how how does someone deal with being dismissed when they are actually coming from that place of, I feel this way, I feel hurt, this is what's happening on my end of things, and they're like, oh, that's no big deal, I don't even know why you think that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's where you need the help. So you can't get out of this mess alone. Right, (laughs) right. You really need help from someone like me, because you have to be able to see it, and um And so in answer to your question is that you have to have a different mindset around that. You have to start believing what you see. Mm -hmm. If you came to my consulting room and 12-inch gold letters on the wall says the most important thing I can teach anyone. And what it says is the truth is what you do. Mm -hmm. Always believe behavior because behavior is the belief of the other person. No matter what they say, believe their behavior. So in making that shift to where you you give a personal weather report, you say, I feel disrespected right now, and they go off like a Roman candle and, and come back with you with blame, just be curious and interested in that and say, oh, I just learned something about this person. Don't try and change their mind. You have to become aware that, wow, this person is not who I thought they were. I made a change in me. I put it out there. They can't even hear this or be find it acceptable to them. Do I want to be with a person like that? Absolutely not. No, but if you, if you don't wake up and smell the herbal tea, as I say, when they come back and shame you or blame you, you take it on. Mm-hmm. So it'll be an ongoing cycle. It sounds like. So it sounds like there's an opportunity for self-awareness, healing within yourself, getting a look at who you really are, um, creating better boundaries for yourself, better communication and what you're feeling, all of those things. But how do you get away? How do you how do you cut it off and choose better relationships and not repeat this pattern? Well, that's two very big questions. One is how do you get away? And then the second is how not to repeat it. Um, how to get away is, is difficult. Uh, people who are married, in particular people who have children with a hijackal, they will begin to find court and think of it as their second home for a while. 
because it's very difficult. I work with attorneys to help them understand what true hijackalness is so that they can see it and respond to it appropriately in court. Uh, you have a very small window in court for a judge to hear what's going on, and you have to be very, very careful how you position all of this, but that's a topic for another day. Um, that's a whole nother episode. Yeah, but getting getting uh, out of it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Remember, they have to win, so losing you is not winning. So it's hard, and you need support to do it, but what you do is you get very, very clear within yourself that, that I deserve to be treated well, and this is not it, and I have then become, if we've been working together, I have become able to calibrate that, wow, I said I feel disrespected, and you blamed me, and you got in my face, and all those behaviors, so I have this entire inventory of how this person behaved, and I know why I'm leaving them. So I have to be able to call up that inventory at any minute while they're trying to win me back. Mm-hmm. And then then things get extreme. Like I have someone right now who's leaving a hijackal, and we had to employ a restraining order and a few other very strong measures that led to the police being called and a variety of things. And this happens a lot. Goodness. Yeah. So So we have to know that getting away from them is... Well, you don't ever get completely away from them if you have children. Whew. So this is scary for uh, parents, especially. Yes. Very scary. Yeah. It's so much easier, I would imagine, if there are no ties, like even having an animal together. Yeah, exactly. I was just talking with a client this morning, and, and she left the hijackal, and he says, I want to come over and visit the dog. Oh, boy. Right? You're absolutely right, Michelle. <laughs> Yeah, because animals are often treated as children, uh, part of the family. Well, it gives us something to triangulate through. Oh, boy. So the idea of triangulation, tell us a little bit about how they employ that technique or tactic. Oh, well, they're going to get everybody they can on their side, right? And they're going to say things uh, to other people that they hope will get back to you. They're, they will employ other people and include them in the relationship. So there are always three, at least, people. Uh, <laughs> I'm the- laughing just because I've experienced this so much. It's unreal. Either it's the mom. Oh, they're, they're great with that. Yeah. yeah. Or the other female friend or the co-worker. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because those people have been sucked in. So they're 100% on the hijackal side. They're drinking the Kool-Aid like crazy. And they can't be wrong either because then you'd show them up as having drank the Kool-Aid. So now they're adamant that you're wrong and the hijackal is right. Wow. So this would explain then at work, back to the work situation, why hijackals are able to climb the ladder. They use people to join their team. Yes, certainly. And then... You know, if you can't if you can't join them, become obnoxious enough that somebody can't fire you but moves you up. So when someone's doing this type of behavior, it's not working out. You have to get away. It's not as severe of a situation that you need a restraining order. Let's say it's someone at work. Should you just change jobs? What if it's this an important career to you and you love every other aspect of your work besides this one person who's giving you a hard time? Oh, no, don't change jobs. 
Um, I'm working with somebody right now, however, just to negate what I just said, whose direct manager is a high-level hijackal. And we're working on strategies and things. Like, here's one of the strategies I gave him. This this hijackal, of course, always has to be right. So he gives him an assignment, tells him he wants it done this way because they'll always micromanage, and then comes back two days later after he's done the work and said, no, I want it. I don't want it in an Excel spreadsheet. I want it in this software. <laughs> you know, and then three days later, he came back and he said, why didn't you do this in Excel? Oh, my God. So the strategy that I gave him was to always send what I call confirmatory emails. Um, okay, I just want to check. Uh, we had the conversation. Here are the things that you want. You want it in Excel. You want it by this date. And you know that it's going to take two hours, and you have told me that I can delay this project in order to do this one. Please confirm. Ooh, good. So then it's in writing. It's in writing. Mm -hmm. So they can't come around and say, I never remember saying that. I never told you that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what happens there is that, and he's just started it this week, but he already had a much more satisfactory meeting with this manager. um, And already the manager backed off a little bit because he realized that there's a paper trail. And also, do you think that there's an aspect of hijackles that they respect people who have balls and boundaries? (laughs) I wouldn't say respect. Um, I would say that they fear them a little bit because they'll be exposed. So it looks like respect, but I think it's really fear. Interesting. Man, this is such a fascinating subject. And so many of us, I'm sure there are many people out there listening who deal with this on a regular basis, either at home, at work, uh, kids, the whole bit. So what are some resources? Tell us about your books that are available on Amazon that people can uh, tap into. Sure. Uh, Well, I have a book called Stop That's Crazy Making, How to Quit Playing the Passive-Aggressive Game. Mm -hmm. That's actually how I found you, Dr. Shaler. Ah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's an e-book. I have an e-book called The Hijackal Trap Passive-Aggressive Edition so that you can see what a hijackal with passive-aggressive tendencies looks like and what to do about it. Good one. My most recent book is a series, an e-book series, And the series name is Escaping the Hijackal Trap, The Definitive Guide to Dealing with Chronically Difficult People. And uh, Volume 1 is out. It's called The Truth About Hijackals and Why They're Crazy Making. The reason that that book is all about that and doesn't give you any strategies for doing anything with it is that you have to be able to calibrate at deep levels if you're with a hijackal. So you start there. Um, then this summer, the next one will be coming out, which is handling hijackal hijinks, um, so that it will give you all of the tools and approaches and mindset shifts that you need in order to manage a hijackal. And then the rest in the series will be co-parenting, divorcing, um, going to court with a hijackal, you know, various, very specific ebooks that allow you to understand what tools you need. This is so fantastic. And I love that you hit all the different areas because everybody may have a different situation, but it's all dealing with the same behavior and frustration. So um, major thumbs up, kudos to you for providing these tools and resources to everyone. Are there any final thoughts that you may have or a takeaway message for the listeners um, in dealing with a hijack? 
Uh, yes, and just before I give you that, Michelle, I, I just forgot a resource that everyone might want. When you go to hijackals.com, you get a copy of my free ebook, How to Spot a Hijackal. It's just 25 pages, but it will introduce you to the topic. And it will also allow you to become part of my closed group on Facebook where you can ask questions and talk about what's going on in your life. And that uh, Facebook group is called Surviving Hijackals. Great. So so let me just give that free information for people um, so that you have the resources. Also, my YouTube channel is at For Relationship Help, and there are so many videos that I've made there that can help you. And you can subscribe so you always know what's up. That's awesome. We'll, we'll include that in the show notes as well, Dr. Shaler. Great. So a final thought or takeaway that you might have is do your own work. You know, if you think that you're in a crazy-making relationship, start with you, not them. Because you have, at some level, invited this into your life or tolerated this in your life. And first of all, you have to change. Mm -hmm. It is never a good idea to be blaming a hijackal because that backfires. So do your own work first. Yeah, they don't want to be told they're wrong. (laughs) They can't be because of the offense-defense mechanism. Right. So don't do that because all you do is heap more negative stuff mm-hmm. coming down on you. I made that mistake. Well, yeah, everybody does because you think we can work this out. I'll just tell you what's wrong with you and you'll respond. And you'll fix it. Yeah. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be nice to me like, and not say stupid things to me. Yeah, and you'll be emotionally mature. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yes, uh, instantaneously, <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> so do your own work. Look at yourself first what are you doing to add to this i'm not suggesting you take any blame i'm suggesting you take responsibility at some level i'm perpetuating this condoning it or enabling it let me look at me first Mm -hmm. amazing amazing message to leave with all of the listeners dr shaler thank you so much for coming on the show nothing off limits to share all of this great information and to um, help us out in our lives and dealing with hijackals Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Thanks, Michelle. Everybody out there listening, once again, please go to fourrelationshiphelp.com and hijackles.com and also check the show notes for the other resources that Dr. Shaler mentioned. Until next time. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.